The new year has brought new hope that at some point in 2021, we will begin to see COVID-19 cases subside and return to normalcy. But at the moment, cases in Oklahoma and much of the country continue to climb. For The Frontier, I'm Ben Felder. And as of the recording of this episode of Listen Frontier, which is January 5th, the seven-day average for new cases in the state is more than 3,400, with more than 1,900 Oklahomans currently in the hospital due to COVID-19. On this episode, I speak with my colleague Cassie McClung about the COVID-19 vaccine and how effective the distribution has been here in Oklahoma in recent weeks. We also discuss new data from the State Department of Health that gives more insight into the daily death rate, while also looking at the upcoming session of the state legislature, where the state's COVID response will be front and center. Well, Cassie, we're just a few days into the new year, and there's definitely a sense that this year will be better than last, or at least, you know, that's the hope. But right now, you know, COVID cases continue to climb, you know, or at least remain high, and and that's partly an expected result of the recent holiday season. But, you know, another reason for hope is that the state has also recently begun its distribution of a vaccine. So we're a couple weeks into that process. Uh, can you give us an update on on where the vaccine rollout stands? Sure. So the state is still really in the early stages of rolling out this vaccine, you know, like almost every other state in the country right now. Um, So I think as of earlier um, over the weekend, the state had administered about 50,000 doses. And where um, the state is in the vaccine plan, we know it's separated into four phases. And Each county um, is kind of going at its own pace right now, depending on how much vaccine they have. So we have some counties who are still um, in phase one of the distribution plan, you know, getting first responders vaccinated. But some counties like Tulsa County, Oklahoma County are starting to slowly phase into tier two of that plan. So the plan really right now just depends on how much vaccine that the state has in its inventory. And it's really kind of unpredictable how much the state gets from week to week. Yeah. And, and even within that tier, um, you know, each tier has you know multiple population groups. The state isn't, you know, or each county is not necessarily, you know, providing it to everyone in that tier, right? I mean, we, you know, the governor moved teachers into tier two recently, but in most places, if not all, you know, teachers aren't, aren't, aren't receiving the vaccine yet, but those, you know, older Oklahomans who are part of tier two might be. Right, exactly. So there's kind of broad priority groups, but there's priority groups within those priority groups. So in phase two, teachers aren't at the top of the list. So right now, who, who is being vaccinated in phase two are adults over the age of 65. So they're prioritizing the vaccinations based on how at risk a person might be to either contract COVID-19 or get very sick with it. 
And how does the how does the distribution change now that we are starting to provide it to a you know a general population, so to speak? I mean, a, a Oklahomans over the age of sixty five, you know, compared to first responders and and nursing home staff and and hospital workers, it seemed like a lot of that distribution was taking place at the facilities, or at least was being coordinated with those facilities. But now we're starting to get into that phase where it's going to take you know Oklahomans as they are offered the vaccine. You know they're going to have to be the ones you know being proactive to schedule an appointment and actually go somewhere to get get the vaccine vaccine right right and i think that's where some new challenges come in especially with this 65 and older group um the state a lot of the local health departments are offering online sign up for appointments and signing up through applications so it, it's a new effort to kind of get that messaging out there to these people and get them to sign up. Because before, like you said, maybe they would go into a hospital to vaccinate a lot of healthcare workers all at once or into a nursing home, you know, and kind of bring a strike team with them. But now they have to kind of draw people into them. And I will say anecdotally, um, the Oklahoma City Health Department today, their first sign up for vaccinations went live today for the 65 and older group uh, for, you know, that population that has to seek it for themselves. And they filled up their appointments this morning within four minutes. Mm. So the demand is there and it's, it's going quicker. I think the supply is going quicker than they can keep up with. Yeah. Which is to be expected and kind of reminiscent of how it was early on when it came to testing, you know, trying to get an appointment at a local testing lab or facility uh, it was hard to make those appointments if you didn't jump on it each day. In recent months, that's changed as the demand hasn't been as large or or the capacity is bigger. Um, you know, I know the lab I go to pretty much I could log in anytime over the last couple months and find find a slot that day or the next day. So, I mean, we would expect maybe the, a similar thing to happen with the vaccines, but the reality is you've got, you know, a lot of people who want it and not enough vaccines for everybody right now. Exactly. And I, I mentioned this earlier, but it's the same across the country. It's not just Oklahoma. Oklahoma, um, you know, they're having to kind of go week by week how they schedule these appointments based on vaccine inventory. Um, you know, they only find out how much vaccine they're going to get each week, uh, a week in advance. So every Tuesday right now, the health department's getting kind of an inventory list of what they can expect the following week. So they're kind of playing it by ear right now. It's a moving target. What have we heard in terms of how receptive groups have been to receiving the vaccine? I would imagine that in that first tier, for those that are uh, healthcare workers, may be more inclined to accept the vaccine. Although we've heard in some nursing homes that workers have rejected it. And now as we're getting into more of a general population phase, I would expect that we'll see more people say, hey, I'm, I'm going to opt out at least at this point. What have we heard, if anything, from state state and county health officials about how receptive people are being in each tier? Right. So I'll start a little bit anecdotally. And um, we know you know, I've talked to people who work in the long term health care field who said there is some hesitancy to get the vaccine um, just because people still are a little skeptical of, you know, how the vaccine works, whether it's safe um, you know, we know it is from the research and the health data, but people are still a little skeptical. And I know that the state did a survey that showed the majority of Oklahomans would be willing to be vaccinated. So I think, you know, people will opt out. We'll get more of that data as time goes on. But right now, the state is not having 
any problem whatsoever finding people to fill these appointment slots with the limited inventory they have. Yeah, and our recent reporting, including a, you know, a virtual forum we hosted a few weeks ago and talking to health officials, they've acknowledged, hey, this vaccine development process has moved quickly, but it still followed the normal protocols in terms of uh, testing to ensure that it's safe. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, I also wanted to hit on another thing. Uh, you know, there's going to be, as there has been this whole time during COVID, I mean, there's various you know, misinformation that's out there, misconceptions, and we could probably spend multiple episodes just going through a list of all the, you know, the biggest misconceptions. But shortly before we re- recorded, I, w- I was looking through your, your Twitter feed and, and you had remarked on a headline, I, I don't even think it was in Oklahoma, I think it might have been Texas, on, you know, woman gets vaccinated, a week later she gets COVID. And it's, I mean, one, and you, you'd remarked that, I think you said somebody the effect of, you know, these aren't really helpful headlines, because one, you know, getting that first shot does not necessarily make you immune to COVID right away. And two, there's it kind of implied that maybe you could get COVID from the vaccine and the virus isn't in it. I mean, can you kind of explain a little bit of that and, and kind of what are you going to be looking for in coverage and, and hope, hopefully where are you going to be trying to provide accurate information to Oklahomans as this vaccine becomes a reality for more and more people? Right. And I think, you know, the issue is a little bit more nuanced than I put on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, character limits and all. But so, you know, we talked about this, too, in our the live panel you mentioned just a couple minutes ago that the vaccine, it doesn't have any live virus in it. Uh, you know, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine that we have in Oklahoma, at least. Um, so you're not going to get COVID-19 from a vaccine. There's two doses, like you said. So and the vaccine, you know, there's it's 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 not. I guess if you get the if you get COVID-19 after you get vaccinated, it's not that the vaccine is ineffective because, you know, as we know, it takes several weeks to build an immune response and you have to take the do- the second dose of the vaccine. Sorry. Um, a few weeks after you get the first dose. So it's not like you get the vaccine and the next day you're you know, you're immune, you're good to go. So I think it's important for people to keep in mind that, you know, you're not that these vaccines are safe. You're not going to get sick from them, you know, at least from COVID-19 sick from them. And I think what I'll be watching is just trying to, you know, inform people about how these vaccines work. And I think, you know, what officials are seeing, what we're seeing across the country is people starting to let down their guard now that the vaccine is rolling out, but it's it's going to take a while, a good chunk of 2021 before we really start seeing um, positive effects of people getting vaccinated. Yeah, and it's such a weird moment that we're in as things do feel more hopeful, yet things are still pretty bad. And there's reason for hope, you know, the new, a new calendar year, hoping that by the end of this year, things will be better, a vaccine is being rolled out, but, you know, cases continue to climb. And um, it's it's just kind of an odd an odd period because I understand that I, I feel that kind of dual you know mm-hmm. uh, gloom but also uh, hopefulness as well. Exactly, and it's it is a weird time. It's it's gonna be a lot of waiting, and you know we've been seeing new variants of COVID nineteen strains coming up that might be you know they're more transmissible. So it's 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 a it's an odd time, and I think it's a very important time for people to remain diligent because you know in Oklahoma and many states across the country we're we're still seeing record numbers of COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations so there there is a bright spot but 
there's a long way to go. Yeah. So speaking of those numbers that uh, you've been tracking since the beginning of this, that includes the number of, of deaths. Uh, we do get a daily report from the State Department of Health but of how many new Oklahomans have died, but it doesn't necessarily say the day in which they died um, until recently. Uh, you've been asking the State Department of Health for that data uh, on COVID-19 deaths by date. And after some rejections and back and, back, back and forth, uh, you were recently given that data. First, how is this new data different from what we already had and, and why was it important to get? Right, so throughout the pandemic, you know, like you said, the state has been releasing data on COVID-19 deaths, but previously we were getting data on, um, you know, when the death was reported. So, for example, the Oklahoma State Department of Health today might say 20 people died because of COVID-19, but five of those people might have died two months ago. So it really wasn't giving us a good picture of what was happening in the community and when people were dying. So now that we have data by date of death, we can actually see what date um, specifically people died. And the reason that's helpful is because, um, you know, we can see trends that way. We can see how the virus is tracking, how deadly it is, and how that compares with the number of new cases, et cetera. So it, it really gives us a clearer picture of how this pandemic is affecting Oklahomans. And I think it's gonna be really helpful moving forward uh, because now we can really see that deaths um, from COVID-19 have really been spiking over the last couple of months in November and December. And it's not unexpected, but it is really helpful and important to verify. Anything interesting so far from that data that you've seen? Yeah, so I've you know I've I've gotten to look at it a little bit, and we did see I I need to analyze it a little bit more because I did get it this morning. Um, they sent it to me right before eight a.m. Uh, but um, we saw the most deaths in November in December, which again isn't surprising because that's also when we saw um the highest number of new cases and hospitalizations. So. I think, you know, it's it's not completely unexpected how this data is tracking, but it does confirm um, kind of what we thought it would look like. Yeah, well, definitely will be interesting to have that new insight and and to see what that looks like moving forward. So a good a good win for transparency, but a good win for just better understanding uh, this pandemic and how it's impacting Oklahomans. Well, Cassie, finally, I want to I want to ask you or, or talk to you a little bit about the upcoming state legislative session. Um, you, you know, we expect that COVID is going to be a, a dominant theme during the session, both in, in the logistics. I mean, lawmakers are going to be gathering at the Capitol. Uh, the session doesn't start till next month, but actually lawmakers are gathering today for an organization day. So the logistics of, of how they're going to try to uh, prevent the state Capitol itself from being a, you know, a super spreader location or the session mm -hmm. being a super spreader event. Um, but COVID is going to be a theme, whether we're talking about, you know, funding or health response or all those things. And we're already starting to see some some bills that are filed related to COVID. And, and Cassie, this is kind of the time of the year as someone who covers the Capitol that kind of feels like, um, you know, that popular tw Twitter meme of the the boyfriend and the girlfriend and the boyfriend <laughs> is looking at uh, a girl walking by when, when, you know, his girlfriend is disgusted. And it's kind of a... a a commentary on, on getting distracted. And that's kind of what this time feels like because we start to hear about the bills that have been filed. Most of them are not going to pass. Most of them aren't going to necessarily, or many of them aren't going to receive a hearing. And sometimes it's those bills that actually get the most attention. Recently, we saw 
uh, reports of a bill filed that would prevent cities from issuing mask mandates. Mask mandates have been a big theme this whole year. Many cities are mandating them in public places, but uh, at least one state senator has filed a bill to prevent cities from doing that and, and a few other things that we'll get in here to a moment. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's definitely newsworthy. It gets attention. Um, but it's also something that's not likely to happen. The governor has said okay. this isn't an issue that he would support. Uh, House leaders have said they aren't going to hear it on the floor and the uh, chair of the Senate Health Committee where this would originate um, has said he's not going to, to give it a hearing. So uh, a lot of attention, but it's not going to go anywhere. But we are probably going to see bills like that related to COVID, both those that feel like it is a serious pandemic and those that feel like it isn't. Right, exactly. And, you know, like you said, it's very slim chances that this bill, these three bills actually will go anywhere um, for the reasons you listed. But yeah, I think the pandemic is going to be a big theme this year um, during the session. And um, I I do want to provide a little bit of background on these bills just quickly, because again, they're not going to go anywhere, but I do think it's important to kind of keep an eye on what elected officials are doing and um, kind of what issues they're looking at. So, like you said, one of the bills would prohibit mask mandates. Um, another bill would prohibit the state from forcing people to take any kind of immunization, including the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, I think it's important to keep in mind that Oklahoma doesn't force anyone to take any kind of Im- immunization currently. Um, and uh, the other bill that Dom, uh, I actually didn't mention his name yet. Yeah, Senator Nathan Dom. Right, yeah. So, Senator Nathan. Nathan Dom from Broken Arrow, uh, one of the bills he filed would ensure contact tracing for infectious diseases is done in a voluntary manner, which, you know, it also currently is. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of proposals come out of this pandemic. And I know that's something, you know, as someone who covers the Capitol, that's probably something you're going to be keeping a pretty close eye on. So I guess, have you seen any other bills outside of these three bills that are related to pandemic or pandemic response? Not yet. And these are the ones that have gotten the most attention so far and ones we knew were coming. Senator Dom had, had talked about this before as something that he wanted to do. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying that these bills don't require, deserve attention. I mean, there's plenty of bills that, um, you know, don't have a chance, but, but for a variety of reasons, you know, the, the public deserves to know about them. So I'm not criticizing those that have written about them. But I think it's going to be interesting to see those bills that are a little bit more complicated to understand, a little bit nuanced, you know, whether, um, you know, we're talking about the budget or our funding, how the state plans to go about, you know, funding testing going forward. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, obviously various agencies are going to be impacted, schools, you know, how are they going to be navigating the new year, especially as, uh, you know, federal relief funds dry up or FEMA is no longer reimbursing school districts when it comes to PPE purchases. I mean, just it's going to be a variety of things to, to, to watch and, and look for. And because health is going to be such a dominant theme, I think we're just going to see just a lot of chatter and talk about, uh, you know, health care and health outcomes and, and, mm-hmm. and what the lawmakers want to do to try to, uh, in, in their eyes, and improve health care in, right. in Oklahoma, especially as we, you know, roll out expansion after the, mm-hmm. after the, the vote last year. So there's going to be a variety of things to look at. And then I, I also just think, the, like I said earlier, the logistics of how the session is going to be conducted. Everyone's going to be paying attention to lawmakers wearing masks or not wearing masks. But um, are lawmakers going to take up the the meeting rule again uh, like they did last year to allow 
government bodies, uh, city council, school boards, agency boards to be able to meet virtually? Well, that expired a couple months ago. Are they going to revisit that um, mm -hmm. or are we past that? So I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things to watch. And I also think it's just going to be interesting to watch the session uh, with a new administration. Uh, this bill kind of reminded me back to the days or these bills kind of reminded me back to the days of Obama when you had a a president in the White House that was different from the party in power in your state, you saw some of these bills that, especially in election years, where it, you know, it may be, you know, a bill that says Obama can't tell us we have to wear a hat, you know, you know, something I mean, that's a silly example, but that, right. not a real example, but just something that's, you know, basically saying we're not going to have to do something that we're not going to be asked to do anyways. And, right. and so it's a lot easier to be more aggressive and agitated, I guess, for lack of a better word, when the party in power in the White House is different from your own. And so now that we transition to President-elect Joe Biden, um, I think we're going to start to see more of those bills. And I think that we'll, we'll see that on the COVID front as well, because we do expect the posture of the incoming president on COVID to be different than the posture of the current president. No, definitely. I think it'll be, I think it'll be an interesting session for a lot of reasons. Um, definitely be a lot of issues to watch and a lot of it will be health related I think and you know health whether it's related to how the pandemic is affecting businesses or you know Medicaid expansion schools etc so I think it's going to be a very interesting um, news filled year yeah things may be getting better in 2021 but just like 2020 I expect COVID will still be the big dominant story of the year um, uh, you know hopefully the big dominant storyline that that things got better and uh, we know that you'll be uh, paying attention to that vaccine rollout and, and where things stand with that. So, hey, Cassie, thanks for your time this week. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And I do want to um, quick plug. I'm going to have a story on how the vaccine distribution effort is going in Oklahoma um, on Tuesday later today. So Perfect. something else to keep an eye out for. Yep, we'll check that out. Readfrontier.org. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Listen Frontier. You can find all other episodes by subscribing to the Listen Frontier podcast feed on your favorite podcasting app. For The Frontier, I'm Ben Felder. Thanks for joining us. I'll be back with you next week. <laughs>